Psalm 23, as we continue our summer in the psalm series. A very fitting psalm for today for a number of reasons. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I shall live. Let's pray. Father, as we look to your word, we pray that it would be a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. We pray that what we know not, that you would teach us. What we are not, you would make us. All in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, many years ago, uh, my family, for the very first time, decided to go to Disney. Yay. Uh, this was before Jennifer ran her full marathon at Disney, where I was stuck with a two-year-old and a whatever-year-old in Epcot by myself. This was before that. This was our first trip to Disney. Uh, we drove. Yay. You know, fantastic. Ten hours. Uh, and it, not a bad drive, you hit 95, you go. Um, but we learned some things. One, we learned that I shouldn't say much when it comes to directions. Uh, we learned that GPS is smarter than me. Uh, because when you get to Jacksonville, strolling down 95, you have to exit. And there's roughly 250 exits to the right to choose from. Uh, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but there, that is a massive interchange. So you have a GPS say, exit right, exit right. Which one? <laughs> and then the man in me kicked in. Man, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. The man kicked in. And I said, yeah, I, I didn't care what the GPS was saying. We were going to go right. And so we went right. And we ended up in downtown Jacksonville. <laughs> but not, not what I would call the good part of downtown Jacksonville. Uh, I would say a part where I feared for my life in downtown Jacksonville. And at that point, the man in me is still kicking in. Turn here, turn here. We'll find it. Turn here, turn here. There's a sign here. All the while, the GPS is saying, turn left. And I say, I didn't know what it's talking about. Turn right. I've never been to Jacksonville a day in my life. And I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to tell my wife what to do when the GPS is telling her to do something else. Finally, we get back on 95, and we begin our journey, and we make it. My wife had to make some decisions, and she had all these different voices. The kids were screaming in the back. I was saying, do this. GPS was doing that. And as I thought about that, man, that's a lot like life. In fact, a lot of our daily experiences are just a lot like everyday life because our daily experiences are everyday life. 
but we are filled with voices telling us what to do. Anybody? Anybody like that? You have, and it doesn't matter what situation you face. You are bombarded daily with voices telling you that you need to do this, you need to go here, you need to believe this, you need to think this, you need to say this. And I gotta be honest with you, when we are bombarded with all this information and all these different things, you have social media content creators, uh, news anchors, news opinion people, uh, Twitter people, it's hard to discern what is the right path. It is hard to discern what we need to do. Do we need to go right? Do we need to go left? Do we need to stay straight? With all these different voices, it is so challenging sometimes to know what is best for us. I think when we look at Psalm 23, uh, it is a popular psalm. It is a psalm that is often uh, quoted in times of distress, in times of sorrow, uh, and that is in this psalm for sure. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the, the exact context of what David is writing about. We don't really know other than we know David wrote it. It's a psalm of David. Uh, it's widely thought to be a psalm that he is writing a little bit later on in life. A psalm that he is writing as, a, as an established king of Israel. Uh, a psalm that he sits down and writes as he's reflecting upon every situation he's gone through from when he was a young shepherd boy all the way to be an anointed, to be king, to facing Goliath, uh, all the way to the pursuit of, of Saul, of him, his, his children overthrowing him, all these different situations as he reflects upon everything that he has faced during his life, during his kingship, he is able to write down through it all, the Lord is my shepherd. I think it's another important thing to point out that in the Near East, in the culture that he is living in, that kings are commonly called shepherds, that kings are called the shepherds of their people. In a real sense, David has been shepherding the nation of Israel as they're just trying to build themselves, as they're trying to organize themselves, as they're trying to remain holy and stay holy he is trying to be the shepherd of the whole nation that God has called him to be. And if you think for a minute, can, can you just imagine the different voices that he hears? You know, hey, David, you need to do this. This is going on over here. You need to do this. David, you need to do this. David, you need to do this. David, you got to go here. David, you got to do this. You need to say this. All these advisors and all these people trying to lead him, direct him, tell him what to do, facing just, I mean, I've never led a nation. But I imagine the stress, the anxiety, and the voices were so overwhelming that as he reflects upon it, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's acknowledging that himself as a shepherd he himself is nothing but a sheep. He himself has to look to the Lord who is his shepherd. Listen, earthly kings, presidents, business leaders, church leaders, they are very limited people. They are limited in what they can do. They have limited wisdom Earthly leaders have limited knowledge, limited power, limited understanding, a limited, you go, amen, this, limited common sense sometimes. 
a limited sense of morality. Amen that too. Leaders of our day have a very limited sense of morality. David was a sinful person. Now he was a man after God's own heart, but he sinned. He committed adultery. He had the captain of one of his guards murdered. Even David, limited in morality. As your pastor, God has called me to shepherd you. Now we're going to get to the sheep part in just a second. But God has called me to shepherd you. I am the shepherd that he has placed in this place at this time. And here's what I've learned. I am limited in knowledge. I am limited in uh, wisdom. I am limited in power. I'm limited in understanding. I'm limited in common sense. You can laugh at that because you know what I'm talking about. I am limited in a sense of morality because we are all in this room sinners that are saved by the grace of God by faith in Christ. And so as your shepherd, I am nothing but an under-shepherd, under the good shepherd of Jesus Christ. I am a sheep, just like you. And you're all sheep. You know that, right? Some of you are like, oh, I'm not. Uh, And I hate to bring this up, but I'm going to, because I was so enraged at this statement. Back during COVID, I saw a lady on the TV who said, I'm no sheep, I'm a goat. (laughs) Well, I'm going to be honest, she needs to read her Bible. Because you don't want to be a goat. They don't go to a good place in the judgment days. Listen, we don't like being sheep because we don't like being told what to do. We don't like being sheep because I think everybody in the room knows that a sheep is pretty stupid. And again, look, all fingers pointed at, even my thumbs pointed at me. I'm a sheep. You're a sheep. We're sheep. Sheep are not smart animals. They wonder, right? I've told this story before and I'll tell it again because I want you to know how dumb we really are. A sheep once was looking for water. This is a story in a discipleship book that I read. The sheep was looking for water, comes to a cliff. Hundreds of feet down is water. Sheep number one, "Mm, I'm thirsty. Sheep number one does not survive. Oh, but all the other sheep see sheep number one. They're like, oh, he must have found water. Here goes the flock. All the sheep tumble over a 100-foot cliff. None survive. Sheep are prone to wonder. Sheep are relatively defenseless animals. Sheep are not going to uh, protect themselves from, say, a wolf. Wolf is, I don't know if they're bigger or not, but they're faster, they're stronger, they're smarter. Uh, Sheep or wolves, they know how to slowly creep into the flock and just strike. Sheep are very limited on what they can do. They won't naturally find green pastures. They won't naturally find water sources. Sheep need guidance. Sheep need shepherds to lead them, to protect them, to uh, support them, to sustain them, to beat off the wolves that come in their midst. And all of us are sheep. Whether we want to admit it or not is up to you, and you have to deal with that in your own life. But all of us are sheep, and we all need shepherds. And the world is throwing one shepherd after another at us every day. Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to listen to? 
What are you going to do? What direction? Are you going to go this shepherd or that shepherd? What are the directions that you are going to go in? And David says, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. Don't ever miss the little words like my and our. The Lord is the shepherd of you. It's the shepherd. You know, the Lord is Trent's shepherd. The Lord is Tim's shepherd. The Lord is Ryan's shepherd. It, it doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd to just everybody, generally speaking. It's very personal. The Lord is my protector, my sustainer, my security. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord has shepherded his people so many ways throughout history. In the limited knowledge of humanity, the great I am shows up to shepherd his people. In Exodus 3.14, we see that the Lord is creator, the Lord is sustainer, the Lord is provider. The Lord is not limited by anything. He is bound by nothing. He is not bound by space. He is not bound by time. The Lord is limitless in knowledge, limitless in wisdom, limitless in power, limit, limitless in understanding, limitless in common sense. And he, the Lord is perfectly holy and moral in all he does. The Lord is my shepherd in every part of life. The Lord is my shepherd. And he says, I have everything I need or I shall not want. The truth is, in life, there are things that we're going to want. You know, we might want a bigger paycheck. We might want a, a bigger house. We might want a nicer car. We might, we might want a, a, a you know, more stable family. We might, we might want to be able to go to Ruth Chris, Ruth Chris, however you pronounce it, and have that $450 steak that's about that big. That's an exaggeration. But you know, we might want that steak that's just amazing. We don't always get what we want. But the Lord is our shepherd. We have what we need. We might not have the ribeye, but we might get a chuck eye. Is that a steak? I just made that up. Is that, is that, is that right? I thought it sounded like ribeye, chuck eye. I, I thought that sounded good. Uh, see, I had to look at the food guy over here, Tim. Yeah. yeah. Are they cheaper than ribeyes? Okay, that's good. I just want to make sure the illustration worked. Sometimes I use illustrations. They don't always work. So I just had to make sure that worked. All right? The Lord is our shepherd. We have everything we need. I might not have designer clothes, but I got clothes. I, I, I've been to mission trips before. This was in Honduras. And all I wanted was a hamburger. About halfway through the week, all I was, because this is what they were feeding us. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Tuna and rice. And I had to pick the tuna out because I don't eat tuna. So I had rice, three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And about halfway through the week, all I wanted was a cheeseburger. It's all I wanted. By the day before we left, I thought I needed a cheeseburger. <laughs> but you know what? I gained, I gained five pounds on that trip. I had what I needed. Uh, honestly, camp this past week was the same way. Uh, the food was decent, but I didn't feel like I ate that much. And I desperately wanted a cheeseburger because <laughs> we, we didn't have one. And yet, I, well, I actually lost weight this week. But still, never mind the fact, that's that eight miles of walking, right? <laughs> but I had what I needed. I have, we have what we need to survive life. We have what we need, not always what we want, 
but we have what we need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. I think there, as we look at the text, there are five things that God provides for us to fulfill these needs. I just want to go through these. The first one is nourishment. He leads them to green pastures and to quiet and still waters. The Lord provides our nourishment physically and spiritually. The Lord provides for our physical needs and our spiritual needs through his word. The Lord, number two, the Lord provides rest. He renews my life. That was a huge theme at camp this week is that we can be renewed. That in the beginning we were created in the image of God and that image was perfect, that image was holy, it was very good. Then sin distorted that image. Sin led us to rebel against God. Sin corrupted and distorted everything in the world. But even through that uh, distortion, through that disruption, we can be renewed and we can find restoration and rest for us in Christ Jesus, who is our Lord and our good shepherd. The Lord provides rest. Jesus himself says this, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. When you're in the hospital, the Lord provides you rest because those beds do not. Right? When you are facing the stresses of work and life, your marriage, your kids, your school, your education, whatever it is you're going through, you can find rest in Jesus. Sadness and grief uh, where you're just anxious and conflicted, you can find rest because the Lord is your shepherd. Nourishment, rest, number three is guidance. The Lord will lead you down the right path. That's the voice we have to strive to listen to. That we have to drown out all the other voices, all the other noise, and find the word of the Lord and follow the path that he has set before us. It is a righteous path. It is the path that you were created to be on. Listen, he doesn't, and I'm just going to tell you this, he's not going to drive us like a rancher driving a herd of cattle. That's not how God works. He doesn't stand behind you with a whip making you do it. We are free-willed creatures. We have the choice to follow his leadership or not. He leads us. He's out in front of us, leading us, guiding us. He's got his rod, he's got his staff, and he's taking us there. The people of Israel, they had a pillar of fire at night and a cloud during the day leading them, but they had the choice to follow or not. I can tell you this, when we choose to go this way or listen to this voice or do something, it usually doesn't end all that well for us. It might be good at the beginning, but it's not going to end well because the Lord is our good shepherd. He puts us on the right path. Proverbs says, lean not on our own understanding, but on God's. Trust in the Lord to lead you down the right path to do the things that he has called you to do. The fourth thing that the Lord provides for us is this. In our darkest moments, he is with us. In the darkest valleys or the shadow of death, depending on your translation, he is with us. Again, if David is an older man, maybe he is knocking on the door of death. Now, we don't know. But maybe he's getting older. He's getting closer. And he says, even as I face death, you are with me. But there's more application to this than just death. 
It's any dark moment that you've experienced in your life. He has been with you. Now, the, the hardest thing to grasp sometime and the hardest thing to wrap our mind around is sometimes he's the one that leads us there. And I know that's extremely challenging. But there are moments in life where we are following the Lord, we're trusting the Lord, and we know we're following the Lord. And we end up in situations where we're persecuted, situations where people hate us, situations where we're like, I've done everything the Lord has told me to do through my whole life, and now I find myself here in the darkest valley. Why? And I know we, like, we don't like to think that God would do that, but sometimes he does, and here's why. He is leading us through those darkest places to get us to a better place. Hear that. He is leading you. He didn't just take you there. He didn't take you to the valley of the shadow of death and say, hey, peace out and go. The Lord said, no, I'm going, I brought you here. I'm going to be with you through here. I'm going to get you on the other side of here because we're going to go through the darkest valley to get to a better place. You're going to learn to trust me. Your faith is going to become stronger. You're going to learn that I love you. And there's all different things you can learn when you're going through those darkest moments of your life. And, and, and I'm not saying that uh, God is causing it. I'm saying that he has put you on a path that led you there. And he's going to put you on a path that gets you out of there. Because the Lord is my shepherd. You have what you need. In your darkest moments, he is with you. He will not abandon you. In the valley, he is carrying his rod and his staff. Listen, the rod in this culture, for a Jew, it would be understood, that is the protection. This is the rod. A wolf comes at you, whack it. That's the rod. Through the darkest valley, the Lord is protecting you with his rod. He is fighting off your enemies. And then you have the staff. That's similar, okay? But a staff is more uh, the smart people at camp, the smart adults at camp this week had long sticks and they were walking up the hill with the stick. You know what? They were getting it too. One person had two. That's the staff. It was assistance. In the Bible, the staff is the comforting part. The rod's the protector. The staff is the comforter. The staff is the support beams. Not the support beams at Carowinds, but the good support beams that are going to get you through. If you watch the news, you've got that. Yeah, this, 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 this staff doesn't break at the seam, okay? It comforts you. It's, it gives you the strength you need to walk through the valley. Nourishment, rest. He's there in the darkest valleys. He renews you. And the fifth thing we see, he stands beside you when you face your enemies. I love this picture here at the end. He makes a table for us in the presence of our enemies. This is the picture that, uh, that, I, that I think he's talking about and I want us to see. We are God's children. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you've made the decision to follow him, to repent and believe, you have been adopted into the family of God. You sit at the table of God. We're going we're gonna to come to the table and do the Lord's Supper shortly. God makes us a table. Our Father makes us a table. And we have a place at the table. 
and our enemies see that. They see that God, the perfect sustainer, the perfect security, that God himself has made us a place at his table and that the enemies of God cannot destroy that table. And they see that no matter how much they try to hurt us, no matter how many times they attacked us, we are at the table of Almighty God, safe, secure, provided for, and protected. Because he has made a place for us through Jesus Christ, his son. A place at his table. And this is where we will be forever and ever and ever. We will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever and ever. So, 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 so here's my question. Now listen, lean in. Who's your shepherd? Who are you following? Let me dive, let me dive a little bit deeper. Who are you following when it comes to your family? Who are you following when it comes to your finances? Who are you following when it comes to your education? Who are you following when it comes to your, uh, your jobs? Who are you following when it comes to how you behave and act at school? And I break it down like that because some of us will follow Jesus on Sunday mornings, but we won't follow Jesus on Monday mornings. Have you surrendered not just parts of your life to the shepherd, but all of your life to the shepherd? Have you given him the key to every single room in your heart and said, Father, I don't know how you're going to leave me, lead me. I don't know where this is going to go, but you are the good shepherd and you will lead me in the righteous paths. You will lead me the way that you want to go. Have you made the decision to surrender all of your life to Jesus? Is he the Lord of every single part of who you are and what you do? Are you letting him through the Holy Spirit, renew your life and restore your life and change your life. Because here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. The Lord will lead you in the right direction through any situation. If you're a child of God, the Lord, no matter what it is, when you surrender every part of your life to him, he's gonna lead you in the right direction in every single situation you face. Because he is the shepherd, and Jesus is the good shepherd. The Bible tells us that every single person is a sheep, that we have all sinned, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God, that we're all wandering away from God. We're going over here, we're trying to do these things. Some of us are really close to falling off the cliff. But the Bible also tells us, and we talked about this in Sunday school, that Jesus is the good shepherd who left his 99 to seek after the one the, the one sheep that's been wandering, the one sheep that's close to falling off the cliff, the one sheep that's doing his own thing and searching and seeking, he, Jesus, is searching for that one sheep because he wants to save that sheep and rescue that sheep and restore that sheep to what he was created to be or she was created to be. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but that the gift of God is eternal life through faith in Christ Jesus. Who are you following? Have you repented and believed in Jesus Christ? And all repent means is change direction. You're a sheep wandering that direction, going that way, chasing the things of this world. When you repent, you turn around and follow Jesus wherever he leads you because he is 
the shepherd. The good shepherd. Have you made the decision to follow Jesus? In just a few moments, we are going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. We are going to take time to reflect and remember that Jesus' body was broken for us, that his blood was spilt for us so that our sins could be cleansed and made whiter than snow. It's not something that we do because it's a routine. It's not something we do because it's a tradition. It's something we do because the Lord commanded us to do it. It's something we do to remember the sacrifice. But it's important that you are right with the Lord before you take it. At this church, we believe that any Christian, any person who has surrendered their life to Jesus Christ is welcome at this table. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Are you prepared to remember this sacrifice? And maybe you are a Christian and maybe you've been, uh, you've been a Christian for a long time and you've just found yourself in a place where you've veered off that path just a little bit. During this time of invitation, as we worship and as we sing, you know, you're free to stand and join and sing with us, and I want you to, but you can sit there, you can reflect, you can seek God's guidance, say, Lord, help me get back on the right path. Forgive me of these things that I've been doing. Lord, this, this, this one little part of my life I've never given you. Today I'm going to surrender it to you. And, and, and through that preparation and through that prayer during this time of invitation, I want us to prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's Supper. Let's pray together as our band comes. Father, this morning, David has written these words inspired by you, reminding us that you are our only shepherd, that everyone here, we are just sheep, and we are prone to wonder. But Father, help us to surrender our life. Convict us of our shortcomings. Convict us and show us our failures so that we may surrender that to you. Prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's Supper. Reveal to us any sin in our life and help us to seek forgiveness as we remember the body that was broken and the blood that was shed. During this time of invitation, Father, lead those to respond who need to respond. Father, during this time of invitation, prepare my heart, prepare your, the people's heart to remember you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.